knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. You know, when you can see God at work, you know then that he is Lord. As, as we were singing at the mention of his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess and um, that the scales will fall from your eyes just at the mention of his name. And um, I, I noted, <clears throat> she's probably going to get me, but I noted uh, at Sister Elizabeth, she um, uh, has some powerful, powerful testimony where the doctors had said that she would never walk again, um, but yet she's walking. Amen. Amen. And then, and then uh, the doctors also, or the doctors didn't say, they said they had left it up to the family. And she's had this desire to drive. And she had become impatient because, you know, when other folk take you someplace, you know, that they are not, they are not patient, you know. But this morning, at the mention of his name, hmm, Sister Elizabeth drove to church this morning. So let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. That's why you saw her so excited this morning. Uh, we had prayed coming over the highway, and we just, I, I said to her, I said, now, you, you, you let me know now. You know, if it's all right. I got it. Pastor, I got it. That's what she said. I got it. Sure enough. She has it. Amen. <laughs> Through the power of the almighty God. Amen. And I guess that will lead me in, into our text this morning. And I just praise God all week. <clears throat> it's, just been, it's been a wrestle. But nevertheless, nevertheless, God began to, to speak to me um, a couple of weeks ago in regards to this. And we want to talk about the final victory. We're going to talk about the final victory our first scripture is going to be coming from the book of jeremiah chapter number 31 and i'm going to let you find it because we're going to kind of teach this morning want to want to teach this morning and the lord is, is such an awesome 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 god because as we as this week as i began to to meditate on this word god says to me he says whatever you do you do it from the place of victory. Whatever you do, you do it from the standpoint of victory. A lot of times we, 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 we as people, even the body of Christ, sometimes we find ourselves, as James say, uh, with a double mind. We have a double mind. And the Bible says that, uh, when a person has a double mind, they're unstable in all of their ways. And then it goes on to say, and it said, that double-minded person does not ex- should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So, so we have to understand that whatever we desire, whatever we put our attention to, whatever we put our focus to, we have to do it from the place of victory. See, we already got the victory. I don't know why we keep thinking that, you know, we got to go fight this battle and we're going to win. You know, no, we have already won. Amen. 
And it's through the cross, and sometimes we forget the things that Jesus has already done, has already set in place because it, it is finished. There's nothing else left to be done, okay? And these are some reasons why we can say or do whatever we need to from the standpoint or from the place of victory, never from the place of doubting. Because, see, when, when we doubt God, that means we have just counseled out what he did on Calvary, what he did at the cross that gave us the victory. Now, the first place we want to examine is Jeremiah chapter number 31. We need to understand what he did, why we have victory, and why, it, why everything has to be done from that standpoint called victory. Now, Jeremiah chapter number 31, and we're going to look at verse number 31. Are we there? Now, verse number 31 in Jeremiah chapter number 31, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now we have to understand now that that, that word of covenant there, it means he said he's made an agreement. He's made an agreement, okay? A covenant is, is binding. And then it goes to say in verse number 32, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant, that agreement, they break. Although I was a husband, he was a provider unto them, saith the Lord. Now watch the next couple of verses. Verse number 33 says, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, this is what he says. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Now, I need to connect verse number 34 with, with verse number 33. Because, see, we're talking about the covenant. And he talks about he's going to put his laws, his, his commands upon our hearts in, within our inward parts. Okay. And then he goes on to say in verse number 34, And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. So this is one of the things, and, and this, from the covenant standpoint, when, when the Lord is saying now, he said now, when they talked about, you know, don't have to teach anybody, uh, or teach no more every man his neighbor, and his brother saying, no, the Lord, the reason why they don't have to be taught is because God himself has written his laws upon the heart of mankind. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that he brings it forth. Now, you got to understand now, you, you have to have the Holy Spirit. 
Okay? But, but, but the word of God is saying here, he says, this is something that he accomplished at, at, at Calvary. This is a victory that we have that the word is already written on the table of your heart. So nobody can say, I don't know the word of God. It, and when I looked at this and I thought about this, it doesn't matter. Whether, it does matter and it doesn't matter because the Bible does tell us to come and to gather ourselves together, okay? Not to forget to assemble ourselves together. But he also says that that word, he put his law upon your heart. So no man can say they don't know right from wrong. No man can say that because the command, the laws of God is already written on the tables of the heart. You think about it. Use this illustration. God says, just like a baby. When a baby comes into the world, you don't have to teach that child to do wrong, do you? Because when, just as soon as that baby starts crawling, it gets into things, right? And what we do is we tap them on the hand and say, no. And we keep tapping and say, no. And, the, and sooner or later, they got the picture. They know that they are not supposed to be doing that. See, what happens because God's word is written on the table of our hearts, mankind cannot say they don't know the, uh, the, the laws and, and, and the commandments of God. Because that was a covenant that was made at the cross. That was, that was one of the things that gave us the victory. That's why we have to do whatever we do, whatever thoughts that we have, whatever we're going after, we go after it after the point or at the point of victory. You got to know you already got it. See, victory, we already have it. But yet we want to run around and fight all these battles and say, I'm going to get the, no, you already got the victory. You already have the victory. Now, let's continue. Let's go now to, uh, let's go to, Chapter number 32 in the book of Jeremiah. Chapter number 32, because we want to show um, that victory came through by the new covenant. The new covenant. Chapter number 32, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 39 over there. Because we're dealing with a, a new covenant. This is why we have to do whatever we do from the standpoint of victory, not from the standpoint of doubt. Or the inconsistencies of our faith. Now, uh, Jeremiah chapter number 32, beginning at verse number 39. It says, and I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me, talking about God, forever. For the good of them and of their children after them. See, not only will you will, will an individual uh, have that one heart in one way and the fear of God, but he says even their children will have that as well. Look at verse number 40. Remember now, everything has been settled at the cross. It's finished. Verse 40 says, And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. How long is everlasting? So whatever God has done, whatever he did, whatever he did, what Christ did at the cross, it's everlasting. <laughs> that, that, that agreement he made is everlasting. Never let anybody tell you, no, no, you, you can't make it. God is, God is not in your life. God said, I made an everlasting covenant with you. 
That, that covenant, that's what he did at the cross, what was finished at the cross. He gave us that victory, and that covenant is everlasting. Then it goes on to say in verse number 40, it says this, that I will not turn away from them. That's a promise. He says, I'll never leave you, nor forsaken you. That's a promise. He says, that I will not turn away from them to do them good. But watch what he says now. Even though I won't turn away from them to do them good because I have made an everlasting covenant, he says, but I will put my fear in their hearts. He said he's going to put his fear in our hearts that they shall not depart from me. See, see, God will put his fear. That's why when he, sometimes we, we begin to fear uh, 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 the works and, and, and the things that God does in our life. It's because he's put some fear. That's a God type of fear, not a man kind of fear. He has put that type of fear in our, in our hearts. And that is an everlasting covenant. So whatever we do, we can do it from the standpoint of victory. A lot of us don't, uh, don't do things from the standpoint of victory. Whenever we go after something, whenever we believe for something, it's not always from that standpoint of victory. It's not from the place of, oh, because of what Christ did at the cross, I've got victory. Whatever I can accomplish, no matter what it is that's been set before me, and the reason why is because I already have the victory. It is finished. There's nothing else to be done. It was settled at the cross. Amen. All right, now let's, let's look at Hebrew. We're going to teach you a little bit. We're going to move along because we've got some scriptures here. The book of Hebrews, chapter number 8. The book of Hebrews, chapter number 8. Hebrews, chapter number 8. Are we there? This also will build upon what Jeremiah has said. Hebrews, chapter number 8, verse number 10. Are we there? Do you have it up on the screen for them to see? Okay. Now, verse number 10 in Hebrew chapter number 8, because we're going to get to the final victory, some things we need to know. Verse number 10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says who? The Lord. He says, I will put my laws where? In their minds. And write them in their heart. So there is no reason why we can say, oh, I, I, I didn't know this. We can't go before God. We can't go before mankind and say, well, I didn't know. The preacher didn't tell me. The pastor didn't tell me. My friends didn't tell me. No, God said, I've already put it in your mind and in your heart. That's, in other words, there's no excuse. And then he says, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Watch verse number 11. It says, and they shall what? What's the next word? Not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, know the Lord. He says, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. God says there's no excuse. We can't have an excuse saying, well, you know, uh, nobody told me this. <laughs> God said, no, there's no excuse. He said, I put it. On the table of your heart. I've written it there. He says, in your mind. He says, I put it there. So there, there is no excuse. You know, how, how do we, when you go, go thank you, Holy Spirit. When, when you go to a place and you want to be interviewed for a job, 
Think about how we go in into that interview. Think, think, literally think about it. Do we go into it from the standpoint that I've already got the victory and I'm going to stand at the standpoint of victory, believing God, or do we go in with doubt? Anybody had uh, interviews recently? <laughs> or anything that you went after, you didn't go in in faith? Believing through victory through Jesus Christ, I got this because of what he did. Sometimes we go in with doubt. That's not arrogancy. Arrogancy. That's not that. What it is is it's a faith and a trust in God for what he did at the standpoint of the cross. See, sometimes we, we, we throw the cross away. We, we run to the revelation he got up. Yes, he did get up. But something happened at the cross. Hmm. Something happened at the cross. Something he did at the cross. And it took his blood, and we're going to get that too. We're going we're to we're get that. Because sometimes we forget these things. And that's why sometimes we operate from a place of doubt or double-mindedness rather than operating from a place of faith. Amen. I'm talking about sometimes the crazy faith. When you believe God for something, and all of a sudden it materializes, and you're like, oh, I just thought that thing. Anybody ever... Amen. You just started and all of a sudden it appears. Amen. It, 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 you did it in the, at the standpoint of victory. So you, you got to know who, who you are and what God did for you at the cross. And then he was resurrected. But there was something that took place at the cross. Amen. Amen. So he says, now, no, no neighbor, don't, they can't come up with, you know, every man, got, somebody has to teach them. He said, uh-uh. He, nor do you have to say, know the Lord. No. He says, for ye shall know me. See, there are times in our life when we, when, when we may have encountered a situation and we escape from something and we'll say, I, I know that was a God that delivered me. Nobody told you, but it was written on the tape of your heart because your deliverance came from Christ. Somewhere in your mind, you knew that that was God that's, that delivered you from whatever that situation was. You, you knew that. You knew that. You knew that. that that's a victory point. You know? and, and the second thing now we want to look at that what happened at the cross that gave us victory, uh, we're going to go to the book of Romans. Let's go to the book of Romans. Just want to teach a little bit this morning. Romans chapter Number three, because we're going to talk about the final victory. Because God's people, for whatever reason, and I do know the reason, God's people are dismayed at the situations and circumstances that are taking place right now in life. But we have to understand that, that, that something else happened that gave us the victory. Now, Christ became the propitiation. In other words, what Christ did at the cross, it satisfied the wrath of God fully that was against us. Now, God's wrath was against us. Uh, and, and there had to be a payment for sin. Now, looking at Romans chapter number 3. Amen. Are we there? And watch verse number 23. This is a verse that we quote, but we don't fully believe. Romans chapter number 3. Verse number 23, it says, for all, how many folk? All. all. For all have sinned and come short of the what? The glory of God. 
that, ha- that uh, three-fourths of them sinned? Was it a quarter that sinned? All. It said all have sinned. You see, sometimes when we begin to express, when we begin to teach or preach or even witness, sometimes we witness from the standpoint as if we are exempt, that we got no flaws. <laughs> so, I mean, to think about it now. Just, it's just like sometimes in, in our witness, we will put ourselves up above that individual that we're witnessing to. But God says all of us have sinned. And come short of the glory. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but, you know, before I got saved, when they witnessed to me, I mean, they had me so guilt, 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 guilt written. I was caught up in guilt. So much caught up in guilt. Oh, yeah, I repent, I repent. But then you go right back out and do the same thing. The only reason why you, you, you agreed to that was not the fact that you fully understood the fact that we're all guilty before the Lord. But some folk put a guilt trip on you. And so when it comes to fully understanding and knowing what God did for you or what Christ has done for us, then we don't know. But what happens, people will shove you down. They will push you down. They will speak you down. Hello? Y'all witnesses of Christ out there. Amen. They will speak you down. Amen. As if they don't have sin or still don't have sin in their life. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. It's like this. If I sit around and if I gossip, Mr. Tom told it a couple weeks ago in Bible study. We sit around and gossiping on the individual or people, whomever, what happened? What does that mean? You, you sinning, baby. Have you ever, have you ever said, I want you to pray for me? But, but they said, well, for what? They want some details. Why you want details? Don't God know? But we want details for what? So we can God, well, let me tell you this. See, you got to understand that Christ took away our guilt. And we can stand from the standpoint of victory knowing that when he received me, he sees the blood of his son Jesus. Anybody been gossiping lately? Don't answer. Brother, did you know? But did you know you were sinning while you was gossiping? Right, but it's right. Ain't that right, Sister Dars? She said, "Who gonna preach today?" I don't know. Yeah, I know it's the law. Mm-hmm. Cause he, God will tell us about ourselves. Amen. So, cause see, we've got this 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 facade that we are so wonderful, we are so great, we are so magnificent. But God says all of us have sinned. Then He goes on and back to He said, "Listen." Our righteousness is as filthy rags. So we're not as good and perfect as we think we are, according to the word. The only thing I can do is give you the word. Amen. And the word is like, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. The word is like this. You know when you go in a clothing store, one size fit all. 
That's the word. One size, the word fits all. That, that, that's how, it, that's how it is. So don't think we can escape. I know that, yeah. Mm-hmm, you do something else though. Okay. Now verse number 20, 20, 24, 24, 24. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse number 24 in Romans chapter 3. It says, being justified freely. How are we justified? By his grace and it's through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's through the redemption, the payment, the ransom. That's what that redemption is. See, this is why we can do whatever we do at the standpoint of victory. Because somewhere, somebody paid a price for us and his name was Jesus. Amen. 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 But, but, but we, we, we keep going now. We, we going, because we want to establish everything that was settled at the cross that was for us. That when we go before Jesus, we don't have to go to a point like, mm, afraid to go. But God loves us. He loves us. We, 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 we need to be very careful. God says, come boldly to my throne. That's what the Lord said. That's what the Word said. Come boldly to the throne of grace. See, we, the, the, we go with the, with the understanding, God, this is, this is why you can give God's Word back to Him. And He has to honor His Word. So you, you can give God's word back to him, and he will honor his word. All right. Now, the next thing, the next thing that, that took place that gave us the victory at the cross is reconciliation. Reconciliation. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Just want to teach because I want to make sure because, see, we are living in times now that we have to know without a shadow of a doubt that the thing that Christ did for us at the cross, I don't have to worry about anything. I regardless of what goes on out there in the world, regardless of what the situation may be, who dies, who don't die, what, what the government does, we don't have to worry about that. God says, he said, fear not my little flock. He says, fear not. The body of Christ, too many of us are walking in fear of what's going on. Can, can I get an amen? I, I, I'm guilty. Sometimes I don't want to go to the grocery store. That's why I buy in abundance. Huh. Why? Too afraid if I go there, I might get COVID. Well, you know what? You can stay home and still get it too. Because in coming in and out your house, you let people come in and out your house, you have no idea where they've been and who they've been around. But he says, fear not little flock. He said, don't, don't, don't worry about it. He says, I am with you. Uh, this is hope. This is hope. We have to remember, no matter what we see, no matter what we witness, no matter what's going on, we have to remember that Christ is with us. He's, he's with us everywhere we go. He knows us from where, when we start off on point A, he knows where we are at the end of, uh, before we get to the point Z, he already knows where we've been at point B, C, D, and E, and all the rest of them. He already knows. He said, this is our hope. This is a victory point. Christ said, I'm with you. Stop worrying. Well, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't, I don't know how, how I'm going to make it through this. I, 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 I don't know how. No. God says, fear not my little flock. He says, stop worrying. 
said, well, thank you, Lord. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, we're talking about reconciliation. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, and we're going to begin at verse number 18. Verse number 18. We have to understand now, with reconciliation, we have to understand what Christ did at the cross. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, looking at verse number 18. It says, and all things are of God. Who has done what? Reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us, look at this, the ministry of reconciliation. That, that saves a whole lot. To be reconciled means that what Christ did, he settled an agreement or he settled a, a, a disagreement that, that God had toward man. Because, see, God was upset with man. So, so what Christ did when he went to the cross, he, he was able through reconciliation, through being reconciled, to settle that agreement to such an, a, a degree is that now we can coexist God and man. See, that's reconciliation. And then he goes on to say, not only what Christ did to satisfy the wrath that God had against us so that we can coexist in harmony, he said, now I have given you the ministry of reconciliation. So who are you? Um refereeing so to speak who are you being oh thank you holy who are you being a mediator of when when there's a disagreement in the oh when there's a disagreement in the family or on the workplace I, let's we take it everywhere are you are you one of those that realizes that you have been given the ministry that word ministry that means the work of reconciliation being reconciled bringing things into agreement bringing things to a place of harmony see that's that's part of our job as the saints of God we have that ministry the, the word of God said it has been given unto us anybody been trying to sell in and Disputes lately? Thank you, brother. <laughs> you raised your hand. Because, see, that's a ministry. God, the Word of God says he has, he's, he's done that, and he, for that which was against mankind, he now used Jesus Christ to bring about that ministry of reconciliation. Now, also, that word ministry there means Aaron. In other words, some of y'all ain't going to like this. That word, <laughs> that word, that ministry in the Greek means like you're an, a waiter. Y'all know what a waiter do? You wait on tables, right? And you got to be able to deal with whatever you got sitting at the table. Can I put it that way? Because those folks that sit in the table is not always agreeable. And they don't always leave a nice tip. But that word ministry, that means you're a waiter. And not only does it mean that you're a waiter, but you're an errand boy. You got to run errands for Jesus. Anybody been running errands for Jesus Christ lately? Have you been running errands? <laughs> That's what that word ministry that means. How many of us are willing to, to wait on tables? 
Most of us don't like to wait on tables. Or wait until mankind can eat from your table. You got to be willing to do that. He reconciled. Okay? Bringing about harmony. Bringing about harmony. Then verse number 19 says, To wit that God was in Christ. Look what he did. Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing. Now that word imputing, that means holding against their trespasses or their sins unto them and have committed unto us. Look what it says. It's committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He's given us the word of reconciliation, the doctrine and the teachings of how to reconcile mankind. Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. We don't have a problem wanting to be reconciled with God. But we've got a problem being reconciled with one another. You see, the scripture says, the scripture says that uh, the, he did not impute that trespass. Another, he did, he did not hold our sins, our sins against us. So wh- why is it that we hold things against one another? Tight, but it's right. Amen. Hold spirit in how? <laughs> we hold, we hold. Impute means to hold against. Anybody got some things they holding? Against their fellow man, their brother, their sister. Anybody got? Don't, 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 don't raise your hand. Somebody said, well, you know, uh, what I can do is I can love them from a distance. Don't we say that? I can love them from a distance. Well, Miss Distance, you are holding their sins, whatever they did to you, against them. Because as long as you're over there, we're going to be okay. Well, what happens now if they come up close to you in the same domain? Well, well, what happens then? Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Because what happens is the word, if we thank your brother, if we, when it research, and I don't mean man's kind of research, if we go deep down in the Word of God, according to what God's, God's Word says, we will find ourselves still guilty about a whole lot of things. Long as you stay over there, mean you're gonna get along. But don't, 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 don't you dare cross the line now. What you got going on? Not the ministry of reconciliation. Because God said he gave us that kind of ministry. But we're not reconciling, are we? We're holding something against. That's what the book said. See, we think we're so righteous. See, see, when we really get down in the Word, we'll find ourselves if we are truthful to ourselves. See, we've got to be truthful to ourselves. If we're not truthful to ourselves, we'll continue not receive from the standpoint of victory for what Christ did for us. Oh, don't raise your hand. What you who? What you got to get somebody? Well, you know it's yesteryears, and they did this to me, and that was back in 1940, and it's 2021. 
You know, I, I said it last week that that, uh, um, that gentleman had told me that the reason why there was so much evil in the world is because of the absence of truth. That's true. Because when you look at truth, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So there is an absence of Jesus Christ. That's why we see what we see. See, that's why we see all this violence. That's why we see all this disturbance. It's because the absence of Jesus Christ is not here. The absence of Jesus Christ, he's, it's almost like he's gone. People don't want Jesus no more. Mm-mm. They, don't, they, they, they don't want Christ anymore. I guess I better move on from them relationships. Amen. Because see, there's a breakdown in relationships. We want this. We want a relationship with God. But if you think about the cross, not only did it go this way, but it went this way. You see, you got a relationship. You want to have a relationship here. But you don't want to have a relationship. And right there means your brother and your sister. You don't want no relationship there. Hear what the Holy Spirit say. Now, let's look at the book of Colossians. We're almost there. Colossians chapter number 2. Boy, it is warm up here. I'm sure it's hotter down there too, right? Amen. Colossians chapter number 2. Amen. And looking at verse number 13. We're going to see this from the standpoint of victory now. This is why we need to, if we're praying, we got to pray from the point of victory. Amen. Now, Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 13 says, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all what? Trespasses. Mm. Watch 14. He says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. It means, in other words, the handwriting of the law that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. You see, what he did, and this is why we got victory. If we can see things from the point or standpoint of victory, we can be free from bondage because he delivered us from bondage at the cross. We were delivered. We were set free. We were set free. Not only were we set free, we recovered ownership. We recovered ownership. Man lost it when he was in the garden of Eden, when he sinned. He gave it up. He relinquished it. How, and when Christ gave it back to us through his blood, how many of us are relinquishing what Christ shedded his blood for. That's heavy. How many of us are relinquishing what Christ did at the cross? He set us free from bondage, gave us back ownership. He shed his blood. It was, it was through his blood that we received ransom. We were set free. It was through his blood. It was through his blood. He, the Bible says he nailed it 
to the cross, those things that was against us, those things that was contrary to us, he nailed it to a tree. Now, we got that beautiful cross and all that stuff. No, that tree wasn't that beautiful. That's why it looks the way it looks now. See, when all those things happened, nature became disfigured because of what Christ had to do to set man Christ, mankind free. And look at verse number 15 for those who worry about the devil so much. Okay? Now, verse 15 says, And having spoiled principalities and powers. Well, what does that mean? He spoiled it. He disarmed the devil. That's why you got victory. You ain't got, we don't have to run from Satan. Someone told me, so you just need to lay down and put it in the hands of the Lord. He's been, Satan has been disarmed. He does not have any teeth. The Bible says he is as a roaring lion. He ain't got no bite. Who gives him the bite? We do. We give him the bite. He's been disarmed at the cross. He has been disarmed. He spoiled principalities and powers. And then the Bible says he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. I can imagine in my mind when that was over and done, Christ stepped out. And he probably looked at Satan and said, now who's in control? Because he told, he told, he got, see, that's what we have to say to the, to the enemy. We, we have to understand that he has already been disarmed. Let me hasten along. I'm going to move on and jump on things. I'm going to go to the very last scripture. Because also we've been, we've been justified. I don't want to leave nothing out. We've had an acquittal. We had an acquittal at the cross. We had an acquittal. We, we were, we were, declared not guilty. This is why we can stand at the standpoint of victory, knowing I can go boldly before the throne of grace. I got victory. But I'm going to show you something. Go to, we're going to skip some scriptures, and we're going to go to Revelations chapter number 15. The final, <laughs> the final victory. The final victory. See, we've already had all the, all these other victories. They've been, they have taken place. God has put us at that standpoint for that whatever we do, we do it from the place of victory, even at this place where we are right now. And I don't mean the physical. I mean everything around us that's happening. What the scripture says, fear not. Oh, ye little flock. Don't be afraid of what you see out here. Revelations chapter number 15. Now we're there. All right, verse number 2. Revelations chapter 15, verse number 2. This is the final, final victory. Revelations chapter 15. Are we there? This is the final victory, okay? This is the final victory. For those who, let me read, let me. It says, and I saw as it was a sea of glass mingled with fire and them that had gotten the victory over who? The, the beast. Now we worry about the mark of the beast. We worry about the beast. Who the beast is, right? 
We worry about always the end time. We're talking about the beast. We worry about that, right? Jesus said, you've already got the victory over that. So you, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to fear that. You've already gotten the victory. He says now, he says, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, over his what? His image, over his mark. Oh, is that the mark of the beast? God said, you already got victory over it. You've already got victory over it. Over his mark and over the number of his name. And where are the saints standing? They are standing on the sea of glass, having the hearts of God. So in other words, God said, don't worry about all the stuff that's going on. Well, how do I know that I got that victory? He said, those that gotten the victory over the beast. How, how do I know I'm not going to take the mark of the beast? Or, 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 or what is his name? What is, how do I know? God says, from the very foundation of the world, he said, your name was in, written in the book of life. And before, look at this, I'll show you something. He says, before the foundation of this world, and it's in the book, it's in Revelation. He says, your name was written in the book of life. It's up to every individual whether or not their name is going to remain in the book of life. And you won't take the mark of the beast. You won't, you won't be worried about it. See, you can either take, leave your name in the book of life or you can take your name out of the book of life. You can take your name out. See, the final victory is knowing I ain't got to worry about all this stuff. Cause I've, I've, you've got to see it from the standpoint of victory. God says, I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I can see myself standing on the sea of glass. You see, you've got to see yourself victorious. If you always see yourself at a defeated place, you'll never be victorious. And the victory has already been given to you. The war has already been won. What are we fighting for? He says, we don't have to worry about the beast, the mark, the image. You ain't got to worry about all that. Not the number of man. The number of his name. Whether or not it's some people when, thank you Holy Spirit, when uh, former vice president, former president Barack Obama received the presidency, all I could hear on my job was, he's Antichrist, he's Antichrist, you be careful, he will get Mark of the Beast and follow him, all that. Now, since that's come and gone, Trump, he's the Antichrist. He's, he's going to get the mark of the beast. If you know what Christ says that you have, he has done, that, that final victory there, you don't, it doesn't matter who, who is and what. That, that doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is knowing that you have the victory. And you receive everything that you receive from that standpoint, from that place of victory. The final victory. The final victory is the end time. And we're victorious over that. I don't got to worry about 
do I want? If I take the shot, I got the mark of the beast. Let me tell you something. God didn't already told me what to do. Anybody want to take it, that's their business. But God told me to take my vitamins, and I, he told me that before the shot came out. And it's been working ever since I've been obedient, doing what he said do. Now, if I don't do what he tells me to do, I'm going to have to get anything. But you got to know that we got the victory. I don't care what the situation is. See, one of my friends, and we talked yesterday, and I said, what do you see? They say, I see chaos and crisis. Mm-hmm. Says they have to create a crisis in order to get a chaos. So what's happening now is crises are being created so the world can be in a chaotic place. That's what's happening. But you know what? Because I know that I got the victory and know that I see what I see from the standpoint of victory, even though I see all these other things, I also see victory because God has already taken care of it. It is finished. They can add, the Bible says you got to be careful what you add to the book or what you take away. Man is trying to add to. But Christ said it is finished. It's finished. It's over. It's over. So no matter what takes place out here, God has already dealt with that. We have to deal with it right here in the mind. Deal with it in the mind. You guess what? You have to deal with it. The final victory. Y'all, we got victory. Having the hearts of God. Can you imagine having a harp? And see, that harp is not like a harp that we, we may know here on earth. Totally different. And oh, I can't even begin to imagine. Celebrating. I mean, transparency. So in other words, God knows your heart when you all that. You're celebrating him like we celebrated him this morning. The way we celebrated him this morning. And I'm sure that God was well pleased. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen and amen.